The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. This is by far the most entertaining, exciting, and sometimes informative show on radio right now. Uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Frederick Penny. I have my co-host Todd Cunin and Denise Dirk sitting as in their usual spots. Todd to my left and Denise to my right. And ironic at that. <laughs> yes, ironic at that. Actually, uh, Denise probably sitting more in the middle. Yes, yes, yes. Plan, uh, planned irony. Planned, planned irony. irony. The last time I raised that, Cal was one who goes, well, from my perspective, it's okay. That's exactly right. He's on the opposite end. We <laughs> right. welcome Cal Hunter and our call screener, Donna Hunter. Thanks for being here. That I'm still waiting for my spaghetti, but we'll talk about that later <laughs> in the segment. You keep saying, oh, we just can't get our calendars together. I so said, how many calls have you made on that? Yeah. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> you know why? It's because she doesn't just do it out of the can. No. And she she makes like really it takes legit planning, 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 yes. Full tilt. And the and the problem is right now is even though in California, you know, we have a long growing season, the fresh vine ripe tomatoes are not on right now. So I'm gonna have to wait. We have to wait till we get them in from Chile. Yeah, or wait till we get no, they're not fresh ripe <laughs> tomatoes. <laughs> so uh we're gonna have a new case or no case this Week I have uh, won the actual case or no case uh, game show uh, as of last week. I uh, ousted uh, Todd Cunin and Denise Dirks. Denise Dirks was right there. I mean, I literally, it was a, probably by what they would call in horse racing, by a nose. I beat her. And therefore, Todd and Denise... We will be going to Morton's. Oh, oh, Denise and I talked about that. We, yes. We've already gotten you your uh, steak dinner. It's in the freezer. It's one of those hungry man <laughs> Salisbury steak dinners. <laughs> Congratulations, Fred. What way to go? Yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah no, I ain't buying that. Stir the potatoes at five minutes, though. Otherwise, it's just don't think that's gonna <laughs> work. That's exactly right. I'll make sure. Todd's life. It, so, so they still do owe me for winning case or no case. I have to. They have to take me to dinner with uh, steak and lobster, so we'll be doing that. So today we start with zero points because everybody's favorite is case or no case. Those who don't know what that is, those of you who are joining us in Tennessee, we have two new affiliates in Tennessee. Uh, it is where Cal, our producer, is going to tell us about a specific case and w it, or a not a case, that he, something that he made up. And we have to determine if it's a case and what the outcome is. And we get points accordingly. We are not betting. We are just amongst ourselves. And you can call in at 855-LAW-RADIO and give your opinion as to what you think the case or no case uh, outcome is going to be. And if you don't want to be in the air, you can also just tell Cal and he'll tell us. And as a I've also gotten several emails of people with some suggestions for case or no right. case at info at radiolawtalk.com. Exactly some pretty good right. ones, too. Yeah. And that's the yeah. way to do it. So today we're going to talk about some interesting things. Uh, the, I know it's a shocker, but there's more to talk about La uh, Lori Laughlin. Uh, case and the mission scandals. We're going to talk about Buckingham, who's one of the other individuals that was sentenced. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, we also... Todd came up with... He actually printed out... There's a chart Is it by the, by the government, it's, correct? It's the Department of Justice's chart that actually lists... How many cases? Like 51 cases. How many are going on and what the status is of them? And we'll talk about something that we thought was going on to, to allow for continuity of sentences... And although the sentences seem to be 
have continuity, we didn't know something, and we'll bring that up. Yeah, something Teasing that, that one there. Yeah, something yeah. that popped up that uh, is very interesting. We're talking about vaping and energy drinks, and we're, we might not make it this first hour. I might come roll into our second hour, but the important thing about an, a lawsuit and energy drinks, and you're thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with Hollywood, and we're going to tie in why a lawsuit on energy drinks has anything to do how uh, of affecting dramatically, not a little bit, any Hollywood lawsuits with producers suing each other or a- actors or actresses and what, what occurs there. That is going to be really interesting. Remember, we're talking about general topics of law. We're not giving legal advice. Seek local counsel about anything. We love to hear from you, but we cannot give you legal advice. Remember, our, whatever we say here is very important around the dinner table. Other than that, don't use it. You know, the dinner table when, again, the in-laws are over, the friends. Hey, you know, they said that they did a study back there, and they say that, then you can counter with, well, on Radio Law Talk. That's exactly right. That's (laughs) the only way you can, but not in front of the judge. Given that, Cal, I am ready for our first case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. All right, couple of them that deal with cars. The first one, lawyers and their cars, now to New York City, where a certain prominent lawyer by the name of Letitia Ann James had a big car, and she loved to see people in her Rolls-Royce 2017 mm-hmm. Phaeton, and who could blame her? It's a beautiful car. So she parked her nicely detailed car in New York City and got a parking ticket, and she said, hey, wait a minute, I can beat this ticket. My car is a 2017 Phaeton, not a 2015 Phantom Ghost. I wouldn't be seen in one of those. And so I ask you. Whoa. I ask you. I think, Fred, we start with you today. I ask you, case or no case? Okay, now that one sounds like a legitimate case. I'm going to say it's a case. So she parks it, gets the parking ticket. Her argument is when she rolls into the court and says, your Honor, it says a 2017, whatever that other thing Phaeton. is. What's a Phaeton? A Phantom. The Phantom is. I the, know what a Phantom yeah, is. Yeah, the Phantom is the cheaper version. The Phaeton is oh, the. Oh, it's the know, expensive yeah, one. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. you drive, Cal. Yes, I for, drive a Ford Phaeton. <laughs> Ford Phaeton. That's right. <laughs> and so the Phaeton, she walked in there and said it was the wrong one. I think she wins, Cal, because even though it's a technicality, you can win on technicalities if the officer writes things down wrong and you say. Uh, that uh, I did not drive that type of car, and that's the ticket for that vehicle. The only negative thing, well, let me back up. I'm, I'm backing up. If it had the proper license plate listed, so, ooh, Denise is giving me. So I'm going to say, ooh, that's where it comes down, because they're going to have the license plate listed. Then it doesn't matter what make or model it was. Ooh, I, I think I figured it out, but I'm not quite sure which way they're going to go. I think the judge ultimately says, Ah, the license plate is your your car. Uh, she loses. All right. Well, that good answer. Dealers left. Mr. Cunin, you are next on this case or no case. Well, Fred makes some very good points. As always. Yeah. And uh, I am going to say that this is a case, and I'm going to say that she loses, that the ticket will stand for this reason. Ultimately, if you want to fight a ticket, you got to do a trial. And the evidence that goes before the judge at the trial is not necessarily the citation, but the officer's observations that led to the citation. The citation is essentially a complaint or a notice to appear. 
But when you do the trial, it's the officer's observations. And if he says, yeah, I thought it was this, it was that. But look, here's the license plate number, like Fred said. If he's got the VIN, that's even better. But this is what it was. And it was parked there. She shows ownership of it. It comes back to her. Done. I think so a citation is not a charging document, you're saying? Okay. It, it, it is a charging document, but ultimately you have to prove the evidence is what proves the guilt. Got it. And you can amend charging documents on anything other than a felony all the way up to the end of trial. So huh, you just amended the citation. Denise, what say you? Case or no case? Um, uh, what's interesting about this one is that it is going to be um, – <clears throat> it's not a case. <laughs> it's not a case. It's a, it's a scenario, but it's not a case. All right. Because she doesn't file to challenge it because she can't. She has to plead the fifth. She pleads the fifth. She can't say it's not her car. Oh, there we go. What, uh, well, you'll, you'll, you'll be interested with the outcome of well, this, I'm sure. And I'm not going to sell you anything. I tell you what's yeah. interesting, though, Todd. I was well, I, As you were talking, I know we've got a few seconds to go out. But uh, as you were talking, I thought of one specific thing, and that was... Maybe the officer forgot to amend his complaint, or he just came in there and said first, because he's the one that testifies first, he says, hey, this is the car, and that's when she stands up and says, you're wrong. We'll be back. We're going to find out who's the winner, me, Todd, or Denise. All right, and stay tuned for the answer to Radio Law Talk and much really more interesting discussion about the topical legal cases coming up on the show right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376, 800-918-1376, that's 800-918-1376. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first... 
Can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? <laughs> Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <clears throat> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on RadioLawTalk.com as well. Today we, we decided decide to, to walk to school. school. At, At the, the corner, corner we, we waited to cross the street. The, street. the stoplight, stoplight counted down. down. 15, 14, 41, 31, I mean 13. We, we took a left on Carroll Garden Street. Garden Street? Loud music was coming from a car. Danny's a smart kid, but he gets so distracted. There were so many other sounds, I didn't know what to focus on. Danny, earth to Danny. Suddenly he realized he forgot his homework again. I left my homework on the table. At the, the school, school steps, we hugged goodbye. goodbye. I really hope he doesn't have another bad day at school today. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free online resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Get personalized recommendations, practical tips, daily access to experts, and more. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is Radio Law Talk. Welcome back to the determination of who is going to win the case or no case, Denise, Fred, or Todd, concerning the individual in New York that drove a beautiful Rolls Royce that's called something that There's I don't know. Phaeton, P-H-A-E-T-O-N. I still won't know what that is, and uh, I'm going to get one now. I'm Cal, sure, just, say, I'm sure you will someday. <laughs> I'm going to get one. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Cal, it's up to you to get this, right. radio, this radio show going so I can buy one. But let me finish my point. Okay, okay. And then what she did is she apparently parked this thing, and I got a parking ticket, improperly parked it somewhere, and... The officer wrote down the wrong car. So the question is, does she win the case when she goes in and fights the ticket? I said, I said, yes, it's a case. We all three said it's a case, but I said she loses. And Todd said she loses. And Denise said, no case. This is all fake. Hmm. I said scenario, no case. Okay. So those of you who say this was a case, that would be Fred and Mr. Cunin. Hmm. Oh, oh, my gosh, Denise. <laughs> those of you who say this is a scenario, but no case. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to file a technical appeal based upon what I hear, but go. Okay, well, it's, so, it's sort of a true scenario, but no case because, uh, I mean, this is a story, but it's not an actual uh, thing. But here, here's what I found about New York parking ticket law. If the information on the ticket has to be factually correct, how did the, how did this, in this scenario, how did this happen to work out? She threatened to show a picture of the car parked in the alleged parking space and w that it was the wrong car. 
therefore, my, everything is dismissed. You didn't have to. It didn't have to do anything. Okay. But in New York, you have to get okay, so, the so, details so, correct. So here, okay. here's my here's my question then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a person that actually drove this type of vehicle. Yes. And she was issued a citation. I don't know about that. I just made that part. <laughs> Okay. All right. That, I, made, that, I made up the cars. Okay. I, that's all. I look up the most prominent lawyer in New York and used her name. That, that's 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 all I needed to know. If you okay. if if you made everything up based upon the law, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Denise wins. Yeah, based upon. If the somebody law. had actually written a ticket, we'd be throwing down. No, so congratulations. <laughs> but 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 in the, in the one case I was tracking off of which I based this, that's how they won. Is they showed, look, you you said I was driving this car, Your Honor. That's not the car I was driving. Yeah. And so in that particular case that I used as the foundation, shall we say, for my case of upgrade. So that, ladies and gentlemen, yes, Mr. Kerry. Just really quickly, uh, you remember the case, because this deals with parking. Right. Do you remember the case that we did uh, a while ago where it came out that they, if they chalk the tires of yes. the car, the court had determined Michigan, that yes. Michigan court had determined that is a violation of privacy rights? If yes. they chalk the tires. If, I don't yes. remember that yes. one. If, if they chalk the tires, basically the court said, well, how is that any much different than if you put a GPS tracker on a car? You're keeping track of something, and if you need a warrant for that, then you need it for chalking. So it's a it's a violation. Wow. Yeah, they so, can't touch your car. It's your car. So yeah. I'm down in San Francisco the other day, and I see this guy, this cop, doing parking enforcement. And I said, hey, uh, I just got a question for you. How do you guys handle stuff now that one court has determined that chalking the tires is uh, a violation of Fourth Amendment? And he looked at me blankly. He goes, what? Didn't know. He says, we, we still chalk tires. We chalk them all the time. So it's only that jurisdiction. And if, I if, guarantee, well, I'm not going to yeah. guarantee anything. I bet if someone brought a lawsuit in San Francisco, they would win that case against uh, and, the city of San Francisco. And if they lost the case and appealed and it went up and you have a federal court that agrees with San Francisco, now you have competing. Michigan agrees with uh, well, Michigan. Well, oh, so, I yeah, got you. Now you have competing jurisdictions in Michigan and San Francisco, and that sometimes is what takes it to the Supreme Court. And by court. the way, next hour, we'll also take your car parking. Oh, great. Oh, it's another one. Yeah. So Denise gets two points. She gets two points. That's what are we gonna, to we have to figure to out what we're, what well, we're competing for because, you know, I'm not see, so competitive Denise. unless it's really good We're going to think about it during the breaks. <laughs> we'll, uh, by the end of the show, we will say what we're competing for. Okay. And then we'll, it's 50 points we have to get yeah. to. Todd, at least now you're in the running now. I, I, I'm back in the running. I mean, I mean look, yeah, give yeah. me three weeks, I'll be Way behind. I'll anyway. be out again. But <laughs> hey, you know what? We are always up to date here. We've got a number of things we're talking about. We've discussed Lori Laughlin case and the admission scandals. But what just came out Friday, late Friday, you know, it was on Fox News and actually it came out on the Arizona Republic, is a new lawsuit was filed against Southwest Airlines on an alleged, again, allegations, a stewardess claims that the pilots sent her back. Uh, when she went back to the bathroom, they had a apparently an iPad or something back there that was videoing her, and they were able to watch it from the cockpit um, uh, of her. Oh, I don't man. know what, but the lawsuit says it just it's just they're live streaming it. She's claiming live streaming uh, stuff from the bathroom video to their cockpit. And creepy if true. That's creepy, but it doesn't just I- I- impact the stewardess. I mean, this is a bathroom that's a public bathroom, but right? I don't know all the facts yet, but I think they just did it like at the beginning when she was back there. You know, they didn't do it during the passenger time. I don't, we're going to find out, but 
But they're denying it, obviously, and, and so is everybody else saying, really? Come on, how can you do that? And I'm not quite sure how they'd be able to do that. You put an iPad sitting there in the bathroom. Wouldn't you walk in and say, hey, there's an iPad here with the thing sitting there going beep, beep, beep? You know, I mean, do you not? Well, they've uh, got ceiling tiles. they got floor tiles. they got the little, I mean, I'm sure if when there's a will, you know. No, but it was the iPad that was in the bathroom. Even she is, is claiming the iPad was in the bathroom, a I actually, think. Actually, looking at it, it was, she noticed that there was an iPad on the windshield of the plane oh. that was showing what was being live streamed from the bathroom. From the so bath- it was a small oh, camera being played on the. Um, Got it. I mean, yeah, look. Well, this is new. We just it just came out. We don't know what's going on. But there's a lawsuit filed. So I know it's a shocker that a lawsuit is filed. Uh, but but a lawsuit has been filed. So anytime a lawsuit's filed, we look into it. Anytime someone goes to the bathroom, aren't they essentially live streaming? <laughs> uh, just a bad joke. Well, it joke. depends on, uh, you know. <laughs> I was going to go back into Lori Laughlin stuff, but we can't start up Lori Laughlin and leave that. that. We've got to leave that. Would you repeat that joke really quick? Yeah, yeah. Isn't everybody who goes to the bathroom live streaming at some point? To which I would only say only if they're healthy. Okay. Well, that's true. <laughs> Sometimes live streaming takes a while for me. I'm having, getting older. Yeah, yeah. Having trouble live streaming? <laughs> Welcome to Flomax. <laughs> Cal and I sit there for a while before exactly. we live stream. Cursing oh. a certain portion of our anatomy. <laughs> we digress. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about the emission scandal. And <laughs> oh, oh, admission. I thought you said emission scandal. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about live that. Streaming. Here we go again. Join us back, the crazy people from Radio Law Talk. We'll be back. Thanks for turning on Radio Law Talk. Remember, we're live 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday and available by webcast all the time after that. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel steel quality all at a price you can afford so don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great 800-617-9312 800-617-9312 800-617-9312 that's 800-617-9312
Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Chris, can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control over my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Most of my family, they never graduated high school or even let alone go to college, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter Brooklyn was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, studied hard, and, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I feel like if I didn't have anyone to push me, I wouldn't gave a bother to do it. I got one milestone down the drain, and now I got to work on the next. I see the future is really bright for me. I feel like it doesn't matter the age, as long as you go back and get it done. The high school diploma is just added to the confidence, and now I feel unstoppable. No one gets a diploma alone. You have more support than you realize. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. I like the Amadrosa Valley. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. You know, in life, I've always learned from one individual that I looked up to, and he, he said the following. I love everybody. I just love some more than others. And I'm going to make an exception to that. There's some people, there's one person in this world I hate. I just hate this person. I'm sitting right here. I know you. I know. It's a pure hate. (laughs) It's a pure hate. And I'm going to put it out there. I don't like that you look at me when you say that, Fred. No, it's pure hate (laughs) is the individual that walks in and brings donuts in. Uh. That person is the devil. Yes. And if you want to talk about the devil, it's the donut person that walks in and puts the donuts. I'm doing well on my diet, and that donut just called me during the break. 
and my wife's not listening now, and I had to take a bite. <laughs> and it's just, I just did it. I, I sinned. You're the victim here. I'm the you victim. You are the victim here, I am. Fred. Who do I yes. sue? Case or no the, don- case. the donut shop. I'm suing the donut <laughs> yes. shop. How, how, how dare you be responsible for your own consumption of food? You're the victim. I and, am. and somebody else should be responsible, dang it. Somebody. That's exactly right. Doesn't that sound like a Seinfeld episode? I, I, I think that you are entitled to no less than $100,000 compensatory damages. And, or free donuts for the and, rest of my life. And what was it? $10 million punitive because sugar. But, but I'll tell you this. If a member of the California legislature is listening, they just got an idea. Hey. Okay. Hey. 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 <laughs> so I had a donut. There we go. Lori Laughlin is hit with a new bribery charges in the college admissions scandal. I'll tell you, we bring, we've been talking about this. we we got to bring back up the college admissions scandals because what Todd did is he, he printed out a really cool um, – it's the investigations of college admissions and testing bribery scheme and it's the United States Attorney's Office, District of Massachusetts, has an actual list that you can look at as to what everyone's name is, what the status is, and what's going on. But the, uh, there's a there's a thing that just popped up and, and tell us what they decided, Todd, since since you are the former uh, a prosecutor for the DA's office in Tennessee and in California. So what Tell us you, what happened. With, with, with Lori Laughlin specifically? Yeah, Lori. Let's yeah. talk about Lori first. So as you know, everybody, that the 51 folks that were charged in this were charged, and they've pled not guilty. They're charged by way of indictment, and things have been going, and a lot of people pled. Now, the people that decided not to plead and decided maybe to fight this, like Lori Laughlin, that are taking it to trial, are now having to face enhanced charges because recently, this last week, the prosecutors amended the charging document to include bribery charges. Now, I, I look at this, my personal... Federal bribery yes, charges. federal bribery yeah. charges. I mean, everything in this case being prosecuted on the federal level out of the uh, federal district court in Massachusetts, but... The only problem I really have with this is something that Laughlin's attorney pointed out, which is that the basis of the charges that are now added were things that were known to the prosecution and before the grand jury and the indictments at the time the original indictments and were handed down. So this appears to be – look, they have the right to do it. They, the government, have the right to amend to add charges. But it's very hard to escape this idea that they're now trying to penalize somebody for exercising the constitutional exactly right, right to have a trial to have a trial. And and look, here's the flip side to this. The flip side to this is that the prosecution's going to look at it and say, well, yeah, I get this, but here's why we did it and why it benefited people initially. If we have say, three charges that we originally file, and we don't include these, and then folks want to go ahead and plead to it and get the better deal, then the public never knows. Look, if if Felicity Huffman, for example, had decided to fight it based upon the evidence that was there, she'd probably have charges against her for bribery added, too, given the fact that you're paying money and wanting to get something. But here's the thing. I'm agreeing with you on one point you brought up. There's a real serious issue here with our government. I agree. 
going after those people who want to uh, use their constitutional right to take it to a trial, and we're going to see what the jury says of our peers. That's all about our Constitution. And the government says, I'm going to punish you more and add on more to you and pound more on you. So the government, the government looks at it and says, okay, we've got two options here. We want to go ahead and start this case. Two options at the get-go before the first indictment is handed down and before the first person is arrested and charged. We can either prosecute or file lighter indictments, allowing those that want to plead to the lighter stuff to plead and not have the additional allegations out there that would otherwise tarnish their reputation and maybe have a judge look at it and say, I'm not going to agree to this plea deal because look at all this other stuff they did and pile up. Or we can just file everything lock, stock, and barrel at the front against everybody. Now everybody looks far worse than what we were really prepared to resolve the case for, and we have to go through and dismiss a lot of counts. Which way do we want to go? Now my preference is... All. My, my preference is it really depends on the type of case. Sometimes you want to file it all and then you just dismiss stuff. The problem, the optical problem for the prosecution is the public looks at you go, look at all the stuff the DA was dismissing here. You know, they filed a, they yes. filed a complaint against somebody with 12 counts and they pled to one. What about the other 11? Oh my gosh. Talk about your sweetheart deal that they got. When was the last time we heard about somebody getting a sweetheart deal that the optic of it turned out really bad for the government. Epstein. Epstein, right? Yep. You know, he gets a sweetheart deal because of all the stuff that was dismissed. We don't know much about the case, but maybe the case. Maybe and the Stanford like, kid. Yeah, the Stanford kid, Swimmer. too. Yeah. So so right now we're seeing it on one side. It, it's sort of the uh, the Bart Simpson paradox in one episode of The Simpsons. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> and right. Which way are they going to go? If, if they go light, now they're told they're they're, they're, they're Violating your or punishing you for exercising your constitutional right by adding these charges. If they go too heavy on the front, then they say, look at the government. They came after Felicity Huffman with everything when all she really did with this. And I've had clients that have been charged lock, stock and barrel, you know, and, and we resolve it for this. And they resolve because, oh, my gosh. If I go to trial on all this stuff, I could be facing all these charges, and I didn't do it. But doesn't it come? Don't you think it looks a little bit interesting at the timing of this? Oh, it does. All those that didn't plead are gonna. And by the way, you know, we're looking through the the list here. You know, some of them are getting, you know, John Vandemore, uh, uh one day incarceration, yeah. now, Van, three weeks, inter- one month. Interesting. You know? Vandemore was the one we talked about last week. That mm-hmm. was the uh, the Menlo Park businessman was the first person to avoid any additional jail time. Right. What we didn't talk about then was he was actually the sailing coach for Stanford. Okay, so he was the first one that was a coach that that didn't get jail time. And one of the reasons he didn't get jail time, when I read a little bit more about this, is that not one person that was proposed to go to the school went to the school. And that actually Stanford benefited from it because essentially a bunch of donations were made. And he just funneled it all straight to the program and let it go to the program. So he didn't benefit. Yeah, we did. We did talk about that. Yeah. So so. And yeah. and, and so he was not. His was a more of a victimless crime. That's right. That's yeah. right. Right. That's right, Denise. Here's an interesting thing, though. On that same point, I ask this, and this is the underlying question of all this admission scandal. And I'm saying this doesn't apply 100% because the admission scandals, like we talked about, is is clearly you know bribing and cheating on the ACT. But the question always is out there. Should a parent, their children, have preference if they write a fat check to the university 
or maybe let's say an engineering department. I'm not going to say yeah, what, or what, what some what, sort what, of charitable donation. I'm telling you right, right now, I know an individual family that has written multi-million dollar check in the tens of millions for a new engineering building. Should their son have preference at that college? Interesting. Some argue, there's two arguments, Callum, before I get to it. Oh. The argument is absolutely they should because that benefit is benefiting the, the community and the university as a whole. The negative part is, oh, the rich people are going to be able to stand up and, and get more than, than the not-so-rich people. And I guess my argument on that is not, not so true. Some of the people who have money, their kids can't get in, and because of you know admissions rules and, and certain – uh, you know, we got to have this, this, this economic, uh, uh, what, what's the word? Economic uh, advantage. Adv- no, econ- benefit. No, the the people in the lower economic are going to want some. They, their kids oh, yes, should get yes, in, or yeah. some. Yeah. It, so they they do a different uh, scenario. Well, I mean, so so here here's. So I'm trying to get at it. It's, it's unintelligent. He, here's the difference that I see between that and this. We can come back. Is if somebody does that. At least you can go somewhere and see on the books where it happened. We'll be back. Talk more about the emissions scandal. Stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk is coming right up right now after this. Except we're about a minute early. I'm sorry, guys. So go right ahead. My bad. So, so, My bad. So, so re- really quickly, yes, if somebody goes and looks on the books, they say, hey, this kid got in and they made a donation to the school. And there's a ledger about the donation that was made to the school. They know who made the donation. They know where it was. And then you look at the conduct that these people engaged in. And, and maybe when we come back, because we're, we're running out, I want to go over what I discovered about what Felicity Huffman. Now, this is the person that arguably, in terms of kids that got into school, was the one that did the least, paid the least amount to get the kids into school, and, and engaged in the, the least culpable conduct, even though it was still culpable. And it was still, when you look at it, oh, pretty bad when you look at what happened. Okay. We're going to be back. We will be back so, in a few seconds to talk more about this. Cal, uh, take us out. Thanks for listening to Radio Law Talk. Remember, our podcasts are available 24-7 at radiolawtalk.com. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. LettyandCompany.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com. If you pay my fee, I'll take your cake. Are, Are you serious? You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Huffman's sentencing memo, uh, Todd Kunin has uh, grabbed, has been able to get uh, through his little dirty hands. <laughs> and he's been reading it and studying it about... Kind of a little bit more of the behind the scenes of what's going on. It sounds to me and all of us like, okay, here's money, get my kid in, or cheat on this test to get my kid in, right? That's what just generally it sounds like, but there's more involvement. That, that's what her mea culpa letter kind of sounded like. Look, I just wrote a, I wrote a check. He said he could get it in, 
I'm actually almost I'm almost kind of a victim here because he preyed on us wanting to get the kids in. And, and I thought that it was OK. And then later I found out it wasn't and felt bad. So I didn't do it with my second child. Kind of that was the feeling that you get when you read these reports. But but I just don't want, I want to interrupt the, for one thing just to make sure, Todd, I sorry to interrupt. But I want to make sure we understand this is what this this is what they're claiming. So this is the, the this government. is the document. So when somebody pleads, OK, they plead guilty, and the judge is going to issue a sentence. What happened was the prosecution wrote a sentencing memo. Judge, this is what we think needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And then Felicity Huffman wrote that letter to the judge about her, her mea culpa and accepting responsibility. Well, the prosecution had an issue with that because they thought that she was trying to paint it a little too rosy in her behalf. So they filed an amended, a supplemental sentencing brief saying, uh, Judge, this is what she pled to. These were the facts that supported what she pled to, and she has pled. Okay, okay and the government did, or the defense didn't come in and say, well, that that does, that's not what she did. So this is what they were prepared to produce at trial, and what she pled to, which was first, they got her notes off of her PC, her laptop computer, the notes that she took when she met with Singer, the guy who was the mastermind behind all of this. And they found in the notes, first she wrote down uh, $15,000 for a passing grade, $75,000 for a perfect grade. She also, in her notes, indicated that you only get to take the test a certain amount of time, certain number of times, and if you take it more, it will tip them off and you will be investigated. So she knows that this is something that can be investigated. And then after her last meeting with Singer, she were, there were things that she had to affirmatively do. First, she had to contact the school and insist that her daughter be given 100% extra time. She then directed a psychologist to write a letter to the school to justify the extended time. She then filed an application to switch the testing location from the school to the location in West Hollywood that was controlled by Singer and his associates where the proctor could doctor the answers. Um, then when the school said, no, no, we're going to provide our own proctor, she emails Singer with the, uh, quoting Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Rut-Row. Yeah. She says, Rut-Row looks like the high school wants to provide their own proctor. So she knows that that is a wrench in the plans of what they've got going. Um, so then she has to lie to the school. This is, again, in the sentencing memo. says that she then lied to the school and said that, that um, she had to take the test in West Hollywood because they would administer it over the weekend. But if she took the test at the school with the 100% extension of time, allowing the test to be taken over multiple days, that her daughter would have to miss school, and she didn't want her daughter to miss school. Ultimately, that's where it got. And so the prosecution put this forward to say, Judge, it was more than just he came to me, said for 15 grand it could happen. I wrote a letter, and that's pretty much all that I did. They, they put out there that she was an active participant in this plan. Gotcha. And, uh, and so that's what happened. Still, they wanted 30 days with her, and the court ordered her to do 14. Recently, there's been a – there were a couple of stories that were, oh, my gosh, she got out on 11 days. See, the rich get over on people one more time. Well, when she got 14 days, she already had two days credit when she got arrested. So they take that off the 14. She had 12 left to do. And depending on how you calculate it, in federal prison, you get 85% or you, you do 85% of the time. It's called good time credit. It's an incentive for people not to be idiots in jail. She got the same credits as anybody. It's somebody that is on welfare, 
that got sentenced to 14 days federal prison and had two days credit because of the arrest would have done the exact same amount of time as Felicity Huffman. She got no benefit because of that. But she did get flyovers and helicopters spying on her. She did? You know, the the, um, paparazzi taking pictures of her, you know, working and doing stuff inside the prison, which – I don't know. I don't think it's right. The, the, the thing, though, that I see, we, Fred, you talked about this table that I downloaded that we yes, found, Yes, I'm right? looking at it right now. And, and I'm noticing a pattern here of the government asking for very heavy-handed sentences, Felicity Huffman notwithstanding, and the court heavily undermining those recommendations. So they wanted 30 days for Huffman. She got 14. That's probably the closest in terms of the difference between what the government wanted and what she was ultimately sentenced to. The guy that we talked about earlier, uh, uh, Vandemore, the sailing coach mm-hmm. that got mm-hmm. no time, the government wanted 13 months prison for him. Oh, my gosh. 13 months prison for a victimless crime, the only one that was truly victimless, that the only thing that really happened was the school got money for their program. They wanted 13 months for that. The court gave him credit for time served, one day incarceration. And that's the scary thing that I worry about is the government. And here's a quick example. Oh, the, these rich people, because they're rich, and I'm not trying to stick up for the rich, because it's just the, the ones that you don't hear about are, get, get exactly what, they, what these guys got uh, from the judges. Oh, that's not enough. Ready for this, everybody out there? You know the California Supreme Court in 2011 said that the, there's too many prisoners in, in California, it's overcrowded, and told them to release 33,000 prisoners. Yeah. And by the way, from 2011 through 2013, tens of thousands of those thousands and thousands of prisoners, thieves, you know, people who've done all types of, you know, sexual per- offenders. Yeah, were released and they're out in our out in our system now. And yeah. so when you sit there and argue, and again, I'm not jumping on the sides what they did was wrong. But to say, you know, are you worried about Huffman going out and breaking into my home and stealing? I'm not too worried about that. Is she going to – did she do something wrong? Yes, she did. But don't forget, everyone out there, there's some states that are just releasing prisoners left and right because they're overcrowded. Why are we sticking them in jail is it, what I'm saying. It, it's the heavy-handed mentality that actually leads to that overcrowding. We talked about the Abbots uh, last week. It's, it's the, the rules like the three strikes where you have no choice or discretion as a judge. Right. Right? Right. I mean, yeah. that's what it comes down to. So so, in so a, we have overcrowding. Yeah. The, the Abbots, the government wanted eight months apiece for those two. Eight months per individual. The court gave them one month per yeah. individual. Right. Now, here's the thing. The, the prosecution allowed, in this case, these folks to plead – and allowed the court to determine what the sentence was in terms of the amount of jail time. Right. right? And I get that. But often, most of the time, in the cases that I deal with, the prosecution doesn't agree to that. The prosecution gives an offer with the total number of days jail set. And if the prosecution had come to these folks and said, look, the sentence is eight months prison, okay, Eight months prison, and they said, no, I want to fight it. Now they're going to be in the same spot as Lori Laughlin. They'll be facing not only their original charges, but they'll be facing the bribery charges. And because they didn't want to spend eight months in jail, they're looking at something that could land them in jail for five years. And, and Todd, especially when she when she saw how she looked in a prisoner's uniform, Martha Stewart said she looked schlumpy. Yes, 
yeah. for eight months, she's going to look schlumpy, and she's an actress. She's not used to that. And 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 the and the fact is, the fact is that what they're going to end up what they're going to end up doing is if somebody had not taken this deal, because the government said we want eight months and we're not offering a range, we're not going to let the court decide. And they say, okay, we got to fight it. We don't want to do eight months. Then they'll go and they'll end up starting it to go to trial. The government will amend the complaint to add the bribery charges. Now they're looking at double-digit number of years, and guess what the folks end up doing? They plead and take the eight months. So now right. the heavy-handed thing has gotten them for eight months. It's crazy. Really quickly, we got to say it. I know I don't want you to cut you off, Denise. You got you said something, but let's... No, we got to talk Lindsay, about Buckingham. Really quick, what did she get? Jane, she got three weeks prison time. She is an author, book author, and she was active. She actually paid, I think it was $30,000... $35,000 um, and was agreeing to a $50,000 payment to Singer and she was going to have her ex-husband pay the $15,000 balance and he refused and to. And she got three weeks in prison, <laughs> $40,000 fine and a super di- supervised release for, for a year. And the government wanted low end of guidelines which would have been a minimum three years. Crazy. Yes. Well, yeah, these crazy. are non-violent offenses. I think we all have to stay focused on the fact that they're non-violent offenses. Alright, we're going to be back next hour. Join us. Hour number two. This is Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Thank <laughs> you.